Would you please stand as you are able for the reading of today's scripture, taken from Psalm 85. Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You pardoned all their sin. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his faithful, to those who turn to him in their hearts. Surely his salvation is at hand for those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other. Faithfulness will spring up from the ground, and righteousness will look down from the sky. The Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him, and will make a path for his steps. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Love does not come alone. One of the funniest TV shows to me ever was Everybody Loves Raymond. Anybody remember that show? It was funny because you had Raymond and Deborah who fell in love, and it started off so sweet and warm and fuzzy. But then you found out that love didn't come alone. Their families came along with it. And it just got more interesting and more funny from there. And that show lasted a long time. And I think it lasted a long time because in a comedic and a very exaggerated way, it talked about a truth that all of us learn in a personal way. And that is that love doesn't exist in a vacuum. That love never comes alone. Things come along with it. And sometimes they're good things. And sometimes they're hard things. But love doesn't ever come alone. I used to have an old pickup truck that I really loved. And no one understood why. Because it was a piece of junk. It was an old step-side truck that had the three-on-the-tree uh, manual transmission. When I bought it, it was a piece of junk. It was 15 or 20 years old when I bought it. It had been repainted poorly. It had some rust on it. It had about 150,000 miles on it when I bought it. But I kept it at a little cabin that I used to have way out in the woods, and I loved that truck. But with that love came something I had to accept and deal with, and that was that every time I made a trip to my cabin, I would spend the first two days of that trip fixing my truck. <laughs> Not one time did it ever start. So the first day I would go into town and to the auto parts store and get something and I go back and I would fix that truck. But I did that for 15 years because I loved that stupid truck. I read an article this week 
on Healthline. And the article was, What Love Does to Your Brain. Kind of an intimidating topic, wasn't it? Yeah, what love does to your brain. It was very interesting. It says that when we are in love that our brain releases a neurotransmitter called dopamine that can give us feelings of euphoria. And our brain reduce, uh, re releases a hormone called oxytocin that can give us feelings of attachment and security. And that when we're in love, our brain can give us a sense of willingness to sacrifice for others, those people that we love. And it went on and on and on, all these things that happen in our brain because of love. And the article really made the case that lots of things come along with love. But during this season where we are sending cards about love and singing songs about love and giving gifts about love, it's good to be reminded that love doesn't occur in a vacuum and that love doesn't come alone. And the poet who gave us Psalm 85 shares that truth in a beautiful and profound way. What an amazing way of talking about the love that we are preparing our hearts to celebrate once again. The love that came down at Christmas. God's love. We got to hear those beautiful words twice this morning. Did you catch them? Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other. The poet was looking forward, just like the prophet Isaiah last week's text, was looking forward to the day when God's love would come down. And the poet of Psalm 85 says, when that love comes, what comes with that love is righteousness and peace. Now in the Hebrew Bible, when it speaks about God's righteousness, it is a unique expression. God's righteousness is a way of talking about God's sense of justice, but also God's sense of compassion and mercy for the poor and the weak. And when the Hebrew Bible speaks about God's peace... It speaks about peace not just in a sense of the absence of war, which is the way we tend to think of it, which is a very, very good thing. But it also is speaking in the sense of fullness. God's peace is talking about a time when everyone has everything needed to be holy and happily themselves. When everyone can be the person God created them to be. 
Isn't that a beautiful image of peace? So the psalmist is saying that with God's love that came to us, came God's righteousness and God's peace. That's what Isaiah looked forward to. That's what the psalmist was looking forward to. And that's what we look forward to, the completion of. God's love brought with it everything we need for personal holiness and fullness and community and global well-being. But if we watch the news, if we listen, if we look at our own lives and lives of people that we care about and love, we ask the question, so what's the problem? If God's love came and brought God's righteousness and God's peace, what is the problem? Why isn't the world just? Why isn't there peace? Why aren't those in power concerned about the weak? Why do we still live in a world where so many people don't have what they need to be fully who they are? I mentioned earlier an article that said, what does love do to our, to our brain? The question for Advent is, what does love do to the world? And that's what God calls us to think about during this journey we call Advent. As a pastor, I've been asked questions like that a lot. What's the problem then? I've been asked many times across the years, how can you possibly still believe in a loving God? How can you possibly still believe in the church? If the world is still not a peaceful or just place, what's the problem? I don't know what other people's answers are to those questions. I know what mine is. It's an honest question from me. And that is, what would the world be like without a loving God? What would this world be like without people committed to God's righteousness and God's compassion and God's justice? How many meals wouldn't be served? How many people wouldn't be clothed? How many people wouldn't be housed? How many people wouldn't be educated? How many neighbors would be forgotten? How many sick wouldn't be cared for? How many grieving wouldn't be consoled? How many laws wouldn't be passed that protect people? How many more people would be excluded and abused and preyed upon? What would the world be like if there wasn't 
a loving God. And what would the world be like if there weren't people committed to God's love and God's righteousness and God's peace? You see, I believe God's love is at work in the world with the righteousness and peace that came along with it. It's not completed yet. It's not fulfilled yet. That's why every time we share Holy Communion, we hear these words, that prayer. Lord, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at the heavenly banquet. You see, Advent calls us to look back to when love came down. But Advent also calls us to look forward to when what started in a manger in Bethlehem is complete and fulfilled. And every person really does have everything they need to be holy and happily the person God created them to be. We live in this in-between time. And we're supposed to serve and live in such a way. We help the kingdom come. We don't just wait passively. We work to help the kingdom come. When I was a little boy, one of my favorite things to do on hot summer days was to walk on the railroad tracks that ran through Mabelvale. I liked to see how far I could walk without losing my balance and falling off. And I liked to see if I could get lucky with a rock and hit the glass insulator on the telephone poles that ran along the railroad track. And I liked to put pennies down when a train was coming to see if I could find a smashed one after the train went by. Y'all can tell I lived in a very exciting place, can't you? <laughs> Lots to do in Mabelville when I was growing up. But the thing that always amazed me as a boy walking on those railroad tracks was that if you looked way off down in the distance, those two rails merged into one. But no matter how far I walked, it never happened. But far off, they were always one. As I got older and started to think about God differently and my life differently, that image has stayed with me. I think about that image of those train tracks to this very day. And this psalm makes me think of them every time I read it. One of those rails is the suffering and evil and violence of this world. And in my mind, one of those is the love 
and righteousness and peace of God. In somewhere in the distance, there's only going to be God's way. Someday in the distance, there's only going to be God's love. And I'm just a simple country preacher. I don't know anything to do but just keep walking. How about you? We just keep walking. And someday, someday, what started in Bethlehem will be fulfilled. Isaiah looked forward to it. The psalmist looked forward to it. We look forward to it. I think no one understood it better than the great prophet, Howard Thurman who taught at Boston University and taught a student named Martin Luther King Jr. who went on to do a few things that changed the world. He wrote this. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and the princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flocks, the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among people. To make music in the heart. Love does not come alone. God's love and righteousness and peace is here. Let's keep walking. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.